verse 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Praise God. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We'll pray that you will speak to us. Release your anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name, we cancel every assignment of the enemy, every critical spirit that rise in the house be stilled. And I pray that the glory and the power of God that is hallelujah in your word will be released this morning. We take victory in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Seated. This morning, the message is titled, Limiting the Unlimited One. Limiting the Unlimited One. Praise God. The psalmist, Asaph, he is penning the psalm as he pens it. He looks back into his nation's history. Unlike any other nation, his nation Israel, its history is locked into God, the creator. Praise God. In other words, God is involved and it is God's people, God who is the one who has called this people by his holy name. And he has extended his mighty arm on their behalf. And God is leading them with a purpose so that God's plan concerning them and what God intends to do through this people will be fulfilled. And as he pens down, he narrates what's recorded in Numbers chapter 13, 14. How the children of Israel who experienced the power of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, and was in the purpose of God, they doubted God, questioned God, grumbled against God, murmured against God, limited God, and Asaph is penning this down. As he narrates this, he comes to that verse where he says, yes, again and again, praise God, they tempted God, or they tested God, praise God. And the verdict is, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Praise the Lord. So we want to start by saying, who is this Holy One of Israel? Praise the Lord. The Holy One of Israel is incomparable. He is uncontainable. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. He is the El Shaddai God. He is the El Elyon God. He is, none, he, is none, he is not like any other God. He is unique. Praise the Lord. Incompatible as a person. Incompatible in his power. Incompatible in his glory. Incompatible in his majesty. Incompatible in his works. Incompatible in his wonders. Incompatible in his ways. Incompatible in his words. You name it, he is incompatible. So the charge that comes against the people of God is 
heavy. He is saying they limited the Holy One of Israel. Praise the Lord. Is it possible to limit the Holy One of Israel? Is it possible to limit an infinite God? Can a finite being limit an infinite God? Can a creature limit a creator God? Is it possible? Praise God. Looking at the particular context of this verse, we understand that God had done wonderful and marvelous things for the children of God. And he was leading them miraculously, day in, day out. It was tangible. Praise God. The provisions of God was tangible. Praise God. Protection that they experienced was one of a kind. All they had to do was lift their eyes up. Whether it's morning, it is dawn or dusk. Praise God. Noontime or midnight, they could see how God was protecting them and providing them. But we see that in their minds, a people of God who are experiencing the bliss and the blessing of God was not connected to God. Even as they were experiencing God's blessings, they doubted the purpose of God concerning them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And do you know the insult that they were, they were throwing at God? is recorded in the psalm in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. This people whom God had delivered with a mighty arm had doubted God to such an extent when they heard the bad report of ten spies who came back and attested to the fact the land is exactly the way we were told. It is indeed a land flowing with milk and honey, but... Those inhabitants there that live there, they are unconquerable. This was the report that was presented by 10 out of 12. And the crowd was, it was swayed by this report. And the Bible said they started murmuring and grumbling against God. To the extent that they started saying that we want to go back to Egypt. Go back to what? The land where they were slaves for 430 years. The land where God had ravished that land with his judgment. Ten plagues which concluded with the, with the slaying of the firstborn of every family. The land where God, hallelujah, had released his power and judgment and delivered his people. The land to where the Red Sea itself had drowned, gobbled the king Pharaoh and his entire army. This people wanted to go back to that particular land. Praise God. When we doubt God, listen, this 
carefully. When we doubt God, when we doubt the promises of God, when we doubt the plan of God, when we doubt the purpose of God, when we doubt the divine design of God, what we become, we become unreasonable in our minds, in our thoughts, in our devices, in our decisions. Our decisions become derailed by doubts and unbelief that creep into our heart. And what happened is, these people, they started doubting God and they started proclaiming things that was unreasonable. Praise God. Don't doubt the promises of God. When you doubt the promises of God, you doubt the Holy One of Israel. Praise the Lord. When you doubt the Holy One of Israel, we become very unreasonable in the processing of our mind, in our thoughts and in our decision making to the point that you are willing to make yourself a slave to whatever slavery that you are in. That's exactly this God's people were talking. Their murmuring revealed what they thought about God. A low concept of God, a low outlook of God can ruin a person's whole life, personal life, their family, their community, and an entire nation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, this Limiting the unlimited God is not just simply confined to the children of Israel. The fact is, it is even, it is even seen among the people of God in this day and age. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know what was the charge against them? That their hearts were not loyal to God whose spirits were not faithful to him. Verse 8. Verse 22. For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet, regardless of their attitudes, regardless of their actions, regardless of their unbelief, God blessed them. Praise God. God gave them the meat that they asked for. God gave them the, the, the bread that they asked for. God gave them fresh water for them. As much as they were gulping down the fresh water in the wilderness. As much as they were feeding themselves with what God was providing. Even when, when the meat was in their mouth, they cursed out God. What does that mean? It simply means this. Blessing in itself is not a sign of God's approval for our lives. I want you to write it down. Blessings in itself is not an evidence of God's approval upon our life. Quite often, we look at the blessings that we are experiencing and we conclude it is okay. We are okay. God is okay with me. No, that is simply the abundance of God's grace towards us. It is not a sign of approval. 
Praise God. God has high and lofty plan for his people. God has lofty principles that we need to abide by. As of, as he pins down, this is what he says. What is God's intention concerning the people of God? As this man of God is penning down the psalm, I draw your attention to the same psalm, Psalm 78, verse 4 to 6. This is how it goes. We will not hide from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful work that he has done. God wants every generation who has experienced had an encounter with God to faithfully transmit their godly experience of God's provision, of God's power, of how God came through for us to the next generation. You cannot keep it to yourself. You cannot hide it. You cannot be bashful of it. Sometimes when we reveal what God did for us, we ought to become vulnerable. That means if we have drawn a macho picture of ourselves, if we are living in a facade of a made-up figure about ourselves, we need to come down, humble ourselves, Remove the facade, remove the macho image that we have created through the times, through the seasons that we have gone through. And we have to become candid. We have to become vulnerable. And we have to tell our generation what God did for me, what God did in me, what God is doing through me, what God do is through me. It's because what God did did in me, what God God is doing through me is because what God did for me. Praise God. We have to transmit it to the next generation. Praise God. Cannot hide it. Sometimes God lifts and exalts people to such heights that they don't want to acknowledge from where they have come. The psalmist says that you have lifted me out from the mighty clay put my feet on the rock to stay made my going steady and gave a new song in my mouth when I sing a new song to the Lord when I feel that the hallelujah ground beneath me is not slipping because God has made my going steady he has made me to stand on the rock and when I look down to the mighty claim from where God has pulled me out praise erupts from my mouth and I ought to tell praise God to the posterity what God has done for me praise God hallelujah praise God it keeps us humble praise God look what the psalmist is saying praise God verse 6 that the generations to come 
might know them. Know what? That testimony in Jacob, the law that is given, the word that is given, the precepts that are given, the statutes that are given, the doctrines that are given, the teachings of Christ ought to be transmitted to the next generation, that the generation to come might know that the children who would be born, praise God, hallelujah, that they may rise and declare them to be to their children, praise God. Question I'm posing to the parents, to the grandparents, are we faithful in transmitting what God has done for us? The testimony, the law, praise God, the scriptures that have been given to us, are we transmitting into our next generation? If we fail to transmit, the generation that is yet to be born will not receive what God has done in us, for us, and what God will do through us. Praise the Lord. The psalmist is saying we will not hide it from their children. That's doing disservice to our children when we hide what God has done for us. Do you have something to share as to what God has done for you? Praise God. We need to look into our own lives and ask ourselves, is there anything in my personal life that I can share with my children as to what God has done for me? Praise God. It's not too late. Get hooked up to Jesus. He can do wonders in your life. How can anyone limit an unlimited, infinite God? Praise God. God is infinite. He's immutable. He's unfathomable. He is indescribable. He is uncontainable. How can a finite being contain and limit God? Praise God. Amazing, isn't it? Yes, God is a creator God. He's a redeemer God. He's a savior God. But do we tend to limit him? Hallelujah. Do we tend to contain him? Praise God. How do you think people limit God? We start by tending to measure and equate God's abilities through our lens. Praise God. A finite being tried to comprehend an infinite God. Praise God. A faulty yardstick is employed when the natural mind tries to grasp and comprehend the supernatural God. Praise God. Quite often, our perspective about our God is improper, incorrect, incomplete. The impressions that we have, if it is not derived from the revelation of God's word, then it is incomplete. Praise the Lord. That is why if we need to understand the might of our God, the greatness of our God, the wonder work. says, as Paul pens it down in the epistle to the Colossian, he is the exact, Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's a visible image 
of an invisible God. Praise God. An exact representation. So we need to orient ourselves. Get familiar with Jesus, the lover of our soul. Praise God. How do we limit this God? We limit this God by, by doubting the riches of his mercy. Praise the Lord. Paul writing to the Ephesians say, he tags it like this. God who is rich in mercy. Praise God. God who is rich in mercy. Praise God. Do you know what this God who is rich in mercy did for us? What do you think he did for us? What did he do for us? Praise the Lord. Very simple. He showed mercy to us. Praise God. We were dead in our trespasses and in sin. He quickened us up. He raised us up. And do you know how rich that mercy of God is? How great that grace of God is? How lavishly he has lavished upon us. Praise God. Paul puts it like what the psalmist says. Paul says he has lifted us up. Praise the Lord. He has quickened us up. He has raised us up. And he has made us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Oh. Praise God. God who is rich in mercy. Praise God. We have experienced that mercy in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Quite often, praise God, we tend to doubt the greatness of God's mercy. Praise God. How? We are glad that we are recipients of the grace of God. And those who have received the grace of God, those who have experienced the grace of God, have been called to become the exhibitions of grace, the extensions of grace. Quite often, we have no problem in receiving the grace of God. We have no problem in becoming exhibitions of grace. But quite often, those who are exhibits of grace have a problem of extending grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we resist extending of grace, praise God, you and I try to limit the power of God being manifested in the lives of others. Praise God. By limiting the extent and the freeness of his mercy, we want to limit and exclude the grace of God simply to ourselves. This was the attitude of the Jews towards the sinners and those that came to Jesus. This was the attitude of the elder son towards his own younger brother who had gone wavered in his life. This was the attitude of the church leaders towards Saul whom God had miraculously saved. They could not accept him. They could not acknowledge him. Unfortunately this was the attitude of Saul who got a free ride from Barnabas. He did not want to extend the same grace to John Mark as it's recorded in Acts chapter 13, 13, Acts chapter 15 and 
following. Quite often, people who receive the grace, people who get a helping hand, people who got a nudge from others, people who got elbow room from God, elbow room from fellow believers, are not willing to extend the same grace that was extended to them. Whereby putting people like John Mark on bay, praise God, even if you and I would put John Mark at bay, let me tell you, God in his grace, God who is rich in mercy, God who is wise and hallelujah, has ways beyond our comprehension, can open doors, can open ways, create avenues. He can create avenues. He can create paths in the wilderness. He can open springs in the wilderness. He has ways in the wilderness. He has ways in the seas. He has ways in the skies. His name is the way. Praise God. His way, hallelujah, is perfect. When we lock down doors for others, God is able to use his master key, the key of David. What we shut, God is able to open. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Extending, when we fail to extend grace, we want to limit God's work to ourselves and not discharge it to anyone else. Praise God. We limit God by our response to grace. Our response to grace. Praise God. The writer of Hebrews says, this is how God saves. You know how God saves? He is able to save to the uttermost. Praise God. From the guttermost to the uttermost. Praise God. From the pit to the pinnacle. Praise God. Hallelujah. From prison to the palace. Who can do it except my God, the Holy One of Israel? Praise God. You know, it's recorded in the New Testament. This is how Mark records it. Mark 9.22. Praise God. This is how it pens. It says, if you can do anything for us, have pity on us and help us. Do you know who said this? If you can do anything for us, have pity on us and help us. Praise God. And you see how Jesus responds. If you can, if you can, this is how we limit God. Quite often we look at ourselves, our plight, the plight of our loved ones, and we say, Lord, if you can, help us. Hallelujah. This is a cry of a father. It's a cry of a father. Praise God. Quite often, as parents, we have such cries that come from the depth of our heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thinking about the son and the daughter that is not saved. Or the son and the daughter that has gone wavered. Or the son and the daughter that has gone far away from God. This is what we say. Praise God. Can you believe? Praise God. Will you believe? 
Everything is possible if, it, if you believe. Coming back to the writer of Hebrew, he says, he's able to save them to the uttermost. Who? Who? Praise God. He's able to save them completely. Praise God. When we believe that he is able, God can do wonders for us. Matthew 8, 2, the leper comes to Jesus. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Wow. Praise God. If you are willing. He's not doubting the power of Jesus. He's doubting what? God's willingness to save him, to cleanse him. Praise God. How do we limit God? We limit God by showing our Praise the Lord. Our heart to him is saying, Lord, are you, I'm not, I believe that you're able, but I don't know if you are willing. We all are guilty of doubting him. Praise the Lord. Aren't we all guilty of doubting Jesus? Praise the Lord. We claim that we believe that he's able, but yet there are times where we doubt whether he's willing to help us. Praise God. Hallelujah. He doubted the willingness of Jesus to cleanse him. Praise God. It's like saying, Lord, I believe that you can put lives together, but are you willing to put my life back together? My dreams are shattered. Do you think? Are you willing to put my life together? My marriage is failing. Are you willing to put my marriage together? My family is breaking up. Are you willing to do it? Praise God. Are you willing to save me from bondages? Are you willing to save me from addictions? Yes, God is willing. Can you believe? Praise God. Hallelujah. The question is, can we believe? Praise God. Hallelujah. God wants to bless us. Quite often, we are not willing to receive that blessing, and thereby we limit God. Praise God. I want to run. I don't have too much time. Isaiah 59, 1 to 3. Somebody read it for us. Isaiah 59, 1 to 3. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save. The hand of the Lord is not shortened, that he cannot save. So if the hand of the Lord is not shortened, why can't he save? The prophet puts it like this, yes. His ears are not heavy that he cannot hear when you cry out to him. Yes. Your iniquities have separated you. Praise God. Wow. God says, listen, my hand is not shortened. My ears are not dull of hearing. It is our iniquity, it is our sin that separates the work of God from being manifested in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, 
quite often. Praise God. As Matthew puts it, recording the words of Jesus. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Praise God. Our unwillingness to forgive, praise God, will limit the work of God in our lives. We want forgiveness, but we don't want to forgive others. Praise God. Is there anything pending in your book that you are holding against someone? You are limiting the Holy One of Israel's work in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. We limit His ways and wisdom to ours. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this as God says, Look to me all the earth and be saved. Quite often the simplicity of the gospel, believe and be saved, praise God, throws people off as they want to grasp everything mentally through their mind. Praise God. As Paul put, puts it in 1 Corinthians 1.25, the foolishness of God is wiser than, man, than me, and the weakness of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Praise God. How often we try to comprehend and we try to tell God how he should manifest his power in us. Good example is Naaman. Naaman came with great expectation to the prophet to be healed of leprosy. As he was told by that young girl that was a servant in his home. He comes. The prophet gives clear instruction. Go to River Jordan. Dip yourself seven times and you will be cleansed. Naaman walks out of this place in a rage because Naaman's expectation was different. Naaman expected the prophet to step out of his abode. He will wave his hand upon his body and heal him. Quite often, we have our own mindset as to how God should employ his power and his provision for us. Praise God. And quite often, if we are not surrounded by godly men, by people with wisdom, we would walk out in rage like Naaman and remain as he was for the rest of his life. Thank God for the man that was a servant that stood by his side and talked reason into his head by saying, just go, take a dip in the river, praise God. And we see how God's power is manifested in their lives, praise God. Having said all these things, it is very important that we have a proper perspective, a balanced outlook of God and his power and his provision for us. Otherwise, we can go wrong. Because we just said that God can save to the uttermost. Because we said you cannot limit God. God can do everything for us. We just said that God is all-powerful. Praise God. Hallelujah. All these things are a fact. But we need to have 
a balanced perspective? Are we trying to put a cop-out disclaimer to cop out of our situation? No. We are not employing a disclaimer, but we want to know that there is something that we need to have a balanced outlook of how God operates. If you want to know what a balanced outlook on God and God's power and God's ways is, is the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the fire. They make a pronouncement. Oh, king, we believe that our God is able to save us. And even if he chooses us not to save us out of this fiery furnace, we will not bow down to you. What does that mean? It simply means God chooses how to bless you. He chooses the measure and the degree to come through for you. He chooses the time and the season to come through. Praise God. He knows well. He picks the right time. He knows when to move on your behalf. Praise God. So what's the big deal? The ins, the, the way that God's people, the evil of insulting and limiting God. How do we insult and limit God? Praise God. When we doubt him, when we limit him by asking, can you prepare a table for me in the wilderness? Praise God. That's what they asked. Can you prepare a table for me in the wilderness? We probably won't ask like that. But can you imagine, can you think about the way that you have doubted God in your life? You looked at your situation. You looked at the season that you're going through. You look at the plight of your children. You look at the forecast of the economy. You look at your workplace. Everything seems to be crumbling. Everything seems to be going down, spiral going downwards. And you doubt in your mind. If God can come through for you. When we do that, we who are creatures, we bring the creator God to our level. Praise God. The level of creature. No. God is about everyone. About everything. He is a creator God. Now I want to let you know from God's word. This creator God. Yes. Once. Once. He came down into this world. He emptied himself of all of his glory. The creator God took the form of a creature man. He humbled himself. He became like a servant. He humbled himself to the point of death on the cross of Calvary. The giver of life, the source of life, the embodiment of life. He laid down his life on the cross of Calvary. Once, praise God, so that you and I can become recipients of abundance of life, eternal life. We can have his life, the resurrection life, running through our bodies. We can experience God's kind of life, eternal life, praise God, in the presence of God forever. Praise God. God wanted to grant that to us. Praise God. He did that. How did he do it? He came to us in the form of flesh. Praise God. Hallelujah. We insult him when we doubt him. This is how Paul puts it down in Ephesians 3.20. Do you remember that verse? 
anybody. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than anything that we ask or imagine. There is a limit to the limited man, the finite man, to your imagination. Praise God. There is a limit to what we ask. Our asking is quite often based on our surroundings, our needs. Praise God. We quite often limit God. But God's word says, unto him who is able. Praise God. He is able to do much more than what we ask or imagine according to the power of God that is at work within our lives. Praise God. Listen, when we doubt God, when we limit God, we deprive ourselves of blessings. Praise God. We deprive ourselves of the promises of God becoming a reality in our lives. Praise God. Looking at the history of the children of God. Hindsight is always 2020. That's why God wants us to put on the lens of faith. The lens of faith is cleaner and clearer. When we allow God's word to saturate us, the lens of faith is clear and cleaner. When we trust in God, when God's presence occupies us, when God's word occupies us, that's when the lens becomes clearer. Quite often our lens are clouded because we are not dwelling on him and on his word. History teaches us something. God kept his promise to the children of God. He kept his promise. God still keeps his promise whether we believe or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. The only difference is the people who believed, praise God, they entered the promise. We are the people of promise. We, want, we have received the promise. We want to enter into the promise. Praise God. Receiving is good. Hearing is good. We want to enter the promise. We want to possess our promise. If we have to possess our promise, we need to make sure that we do not limit, it, limit the unlimited God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, quite often aren't we asking ourselves, why isn't God blessing me? Why don't I feel the presence of God? Why am I not moving in the power of God? The answer may be. The answer could be unbelief. Praise God. The Bible records, Jesus did not do mighty works for the people of Nazareth because of their unbelief. Praise the Lord. Tragically, that can be true of the children of God. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or we can imagine but we limit him by our unbelief praise the lord we don't ask 
we don't receive. James says it. And when we ask, we ask selfishly. Praise God. We don't ask. We don't believe. We don't expect. You know, quite often we don't expect anything. We just come and we just live. Praise the Lord. Consequently, we don't re receive from the Lord. Our, it is our unbelief that limits what he wants to do for us, in us, and through us. Child of God, let me ask you. Are you limiting God? Praise God. By your words, by your thoughts, by your attitude, by your actions. Praise God. Are you limiting him? Praise God. Are you transmitting your experience of God's power and provision and protection? Your experience of grace that you've experienced to the next generation. How faithful are you in transmitting God's word into your generation? Praise God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. What practical steps have you taken in the confines of your home? Praise God. To share your experience and to share what you have gleaned from God's word to your children. Praise God. Hallelujah. What practical steps have you taken and how often are you employing? Praise the Lord. If not, you and I can start today. Bring the little ones that God has given you as a gift, as a blessing. Praise the Lord. And transmit godliness into them. Praise God. You and I have been called to be a living epistle. Praise the Lord. In our homes, in our demeanor, in our disposition, in our attitudes, in our actions, in our conduct. In our character, in our behavior, in our belief, are you exhibiting God who is powerful into your next generation? Praise. Hallelujah. How's your home base? Praise God. How's the home base? Are you using your home base? To portray a God who is all-powerful. Praise God. If not, it's not too late. You can start it today. Today. Let the words that we speak, let the words that we utter, praise God, may it be propelled by power of God and by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? A moment of prayer. The children of Israel got swayed by the unbelief of ten. Hey guys, listen. Ten people's unbelief swayed an entire nation into disbelieving God. Do you know 
negative reports. Any report that is not God approved is a negative report. It can come through any angles, through any avenues. Negative reports. That's why the prophet called out like this. Who has believed our report? Do you believe God's report? Do you believe God's report? About himself? About his glory? About his majesty? About his power? About how rich in mercy he is? Do you only re- believe it for yourself? Or do you want to pass it down? Father, we yield ourselves to you. Thank you for what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that every one of us that are present here will not limit the presence of God by sin, the power of God by our iniquity, the provision of God by our unbelief. But we pray that we will embrace God on His grounds, on His terms, on His time, the time of His choosing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.